Well, it's good to be here this morning. My wife Cheryl and I, as CJ has said, have been uh, pastors. We've been world missionaries. We've traveled all over the world. But I find that today, God puts us right in the places that we need to be. Uh, in the midst of worship today, I'm, I'm just engulfed with the words that we're singing. You know, we surrender everything to God. He's right there. He's everything we need. I want to just tell you a little bit about us, okay? We started pastoring. My wife became a senior pastor's wife at the age of 19. And uh, that goes back a long ways. I found out this morning on the way to church, my wife informed me as she was reading an article uh, that 61 is now the new 41, or 41 is the new 61, or however it works. So if, if you're pushing that 60 age group right there, and I want you, and my wife was, she was so excited that she's still in her 30s, her late 30s, okay? Belinda heard this, and she thought she had gone to heaven. Amen. Hey, now, there are days when my mind says you can do it. How many of you ever been there? And the next day your body says, you fool. Okay? And there are days like that. U.S. Maps is divided in eight regions across the United States. And Cheryl and I oversee the South Central region of the United States as we lead all the Maps volunteers around the country. One year ago today, a disaster happened in South Texas. A massive hurricane came in. It spun for five, six, seven days and it dumped in some places over 60 inches of rain. We had over 65 of our churches that were damaged. Today, they're remembering these. We've been at almost every one of the churches, helping them, working with them to put their churches back together again. Some of them, uh, we haven't even started tearing apart the sanctuaries yet. They're still meeting in buildings that are all destroyed. And I sat and I thought this morning, or I stood this morning, I thought, here they are in places that are just still in the need of repair. Pastors crying out to God saying, why has it been a year? Why has it taken so long? And then I thought about New Song Church. How many of you need a word from God today? How many of you need to hear from God today? Need a word. That's why you came this morning got a word for you this morning for every one of you and for this church be still and know I'm God sometimes we get so wrapped up in the busyness of life and the busyness of doing and the busyness of getting a job done and the busyness of whether it's kids grandkids other family members, the things that happen in our lives. We get so busy in it that we forget to stop and know that he is God. 
Everything you're going through right now as a congregation, as individuals, as husbands and wives, as teenagers, young people, everything you're going through, God already knew it was going to happen. And he's been with you all the way. Now, sometimes it's hard to realize that. Cheryl and I were down in Port Lavaca, Texas. Well, actually, we were in Corpus Christi, Texas. We were at a Home Depot getting materials for one of our churches that were destroyed down there in Corpus. We're sitting still. Imagine this is the lane to park, you know, to drive through to park your car. Cars are parked over here. Cars are parked over there. We're waiting for the cars over here to back up so we can get a parking spot. Ain't you ever just stopped and waited for somebody to back up? You're still. And this guy over here in a pickup truck with a big tailgate on it, you know, a lift gate, decides to throw it in reverse and backed right into us. Into our car. You know, like, what's wrong with people? Don't you look in the rearview mirror? How many ever felt like that before? Or am I the only one in this boat? Am I? You guys still with me? Okay. So he backs into us. We take the car. We get the car repaired. We pick it up on a Friday in Corpus. We drive about an hour and a half, two hours away to Port Lavaca, Texas. Now we picked it up on Friday. On Tuesday at approximately 1.20 in the afternoon, we're going through an intersection when a lady decides to make a left-hand turn right in front of us, an IT boner. And our car sat in the shop for a month. God, what in the world's going on? How many of you ever felt like that? God, what in the world's going on? Lord, I've done everything I'm supposed to be doing for you, and it seems like I take two steps forward and five steps backwards. Anybody ever been there before? Yeah. Time to be still and know he's God. And I got news for you. It's difficult. Especially when you're dealing with insurance companies who care less if you get taken care of. And they tell you your car's all ready. Come and pick it up at the shop. And then when you get there, you find out they haven't taken all the dents out of it yet. And they've had it for a month. God, what in the world's happening? What's going on? I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, so I'm a desert rat. And Cheryl will tell you there are some days there's no desert in the guy. He's all rat. <laughs> but before we moved to Phoenix, all of my family members were from the state of Michigan. Mom tells a story about how when I was five years old, I'd gone out on the front porch. And I'd taken my stuffed animals on the front porch with me, and I was preaching to them. And I was giving it to them just like I heard the preacher give it to everybody. You know, back then it was hellfire, brimstone, and I mean, just give it to them. Just give it to them. So I was just giving it to them, my stuffed animals. Rain's coming down as I'm on the front porch. It's a covered porch. And all of a sudden, my mother heard me praying, Oh, God, send the thunder. Oh, God, we need the thunder. Please, God, send the thunder. And all of a sudden, there was a great big old clap of thunder. And I went running in the house saying, God, that's enough, that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. 
How many of you ever asked God to do something and he did it and it was more than what you expected and then you said, God, 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 that's more than I can handle. God, that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. You ever felt like you've been there, my friend? You ever felt like you've been there? You're there. That's enough, God, that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. I don't know how much more of this I can handle. That's enough. But God says, I got more for you than what you ever dreamed or what you ever expected. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9. There's a passage of scripture for every one of us in here today. Whatever you go through in life. One of the things that I want to tell you is we've got three wonderful children they're all growing, they're all married, they're all out of the house, praise the Lord. I got three fantastic granddaughters, and I have one favorite grandson. But I've learned something in life, and those of you that have kids and they're growing, until they're 18, you're responsible for them. And after 18, you live with the fallout of the decisions they make. And sometimes the fallout of those decisions that they make really fall hard on you as a parent. Really fall hard. In fact, they even make you question, what did I do wrong as a mom and dad? What in the world did I do wrong? Was I, you know, what did we do wrong? And the truth of the matter is, we raised them right. It was decisions that they made, influences they had on their lives from other people that they listened to. It's interesting that when I was a kid, mom and dad knew everything. When I got to be a teenager, they knew nothing. As a parent, Mom and dad got a little bit smarter and smarter and smarter. Now I'm at the point where I'm looked on as, from our kids, as being somebody that might know what he's talking about. Might. It's interesting how life changes. And you sit there and you wonder, God, what's going on? In every one of our individual lives, God is over here dealing with a wife, a mother. She's trying to grow in the Lord. And God's got her in one place, and God's got a husband over here in another place, and God has the kids over here in another place, and it's like we're trying to grow, but how do we make it? And by the way, as we're growing in this spiritual life, it affects everybody around. God may be teaching the wife to have more faith when she looks at the husband and says, gotta have more faith, gotta have more faith. I'm trying to have more faith. Or God's looking at the husband saying, gotta have more faith, gotta have more faith. And the wife is over there, oh, hold on, wait a minute, Charlie. Back up, let's punt. Let's not go off the, over the edge. 
But it's when we come together and we realize that God is bringing us together as a body. Your church is going through some growth things, but I got news for you. It won't be but a few weeks from now, a couple months from now, that you're not going to be meeting in this building anymore. Belinda, you played the horn up there, and I looked at Cheryl and I says, you know what that's going to sound like in that new building? You know what this worship team's going to sound like in that new building? You know, you guys are going to look up, and you're going to see a ceiling, and you're going to think it never ends after looking at how low this ceiling is. <laughs> that's right. I watched two ladies come over here and kneel and pray. And I thought to myself this morning, how long have those altars been there? And how many people have knelt at those altars? And they say, God, I need you. Or they say, God, show me direction. Or they said, Lord, take me through it. I'm going to get to my scripture in just a minute. I don't even know what time I'm supposed to stop. I could just preach all the way through. Bible school in Argentina, one of our greatest Bible schools that all the Assemblies of God has, is in Buenos Aires, Argentina. They're getting ready to build their new chapel. Their old chapel was there, but they're building a brand new one, and we had the privilege to help build it. They took the tile squares out of certain tiles out of the floor of the old building because they were stained with the tears of the previous students crying out to God, giving them a reminder of how God had met the previous students and how God was going to meet them right there. And those tiles that are stained over all the years with the tears of students as God was meeting them there. And I thought to myself this morning, CJ, those altars need to go in the new church even though they're old because they represent where God has met the church in the past to take it to the future. Because many of you have knelt at those altars and said, God, I need you. Now, would you stand with me? What time I got to be done, CJ? What time do I got to be done, CJ? That's what I thought, CJ. I'm not done. I didn't have you stand to dismiss. Okay? 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, chapter 2, verse number 9. Okay? It says this. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of paraphrase it, okay? I'm going to put it in the NIV version, as I call it. That's the Norman International Version. Okay? I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit, but you can read it in there. Your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard, your heart and your mind cannot conceive all the things that God has prepared for you because you love 
him. Now, many times we hear it, it's because God loved us, he died on the cross for us, okay? But this says, because you love God. I want you to repeat this with me, okay? My eyes have not seen. Okay, okay, okay. The hogs are getting ready to play, okay? They're going to play next Saturday, okay? They're playing Saturday. I shouldn't say next Saturday, they're playing Saturday. Hogs are getting ready to play. Some of you are going to be cheering. Okay? I need you to use your voice like you would at a game. Okay? Because we're speaking the word of God. Now, some of you don't like the hogs. Okay? So, if you're Bama fans, say it like that. <laughs> or maybe say it so that you're hollering at Bama like that. Okay? My eyes have not seen. My ears have not heard. My ears have not heard. My heart and my mind cannot conceive. My heart and my mind cannot conceive. All the things. 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 That God. That God. That God. That God. That God. That God has prepared for me because I love him. Now I want you to turn and I want you to look at one another. I want you to turn and look at somebody. Now I don't want you to just turn your head, okay? I want you to come over. I want you to turn and I want you to look at them. Take your body, turn your body, look at them right in their eyes, okay? Turn and look at somebody now, right in their eyes. I want you to say this to them. Your eyes have not seen. Your ears have not heard. Your heart and your mind cannot conceive. All the things. 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 That God. That God. That God. That God. That God, that God has prepared for you because you love him. Now, when's the last time you had the word of God spoken to you like that? You can seal it with a kiss if you want to, brother. All the things. You may be seated. We live in a world today when people are told, kids are told, I don't know why in the world you were ever born. I don't know why we ever had you. You never amount to anything at all. I got news for you right now. You are where you are right now in your life because God is preparing you for where he's getting ready to take you to. Can I be vulnerable this morning? Been pastors, been world missionaries, U.S. missionaries, been in 60 countries of the world. Life is, some people would say, be fantastic. I live in, Cheryl and I live in a tin can. 
called an RV. You know the advantages to living in an RV? Anybody know the advantages to living in an RV? When you feel a little romantic, you don't have far to chase her. <laughs> if she's mad at you, you've got nowhere to go. <laughs> I know. We've just been all throughout Europe. Remember, I just read this verse. I just shared this verse with you. We've been through Europe. Six weeks. Had a wonderful time. Got, flew into Dallas, met with all the kids. We all went out to dinner. Continued on. I think it was about a six-hour layover in Dallas, going to Springfield, Missouri. Got to Springfield. Got a good night's sleep. Five o'clock the next afternoon, I got a daughter-in-law that calls me on the phone and says, have you talked to Doug today? And I said, no, why? She said he was just arrested. How do you handle that as a parent? And your life comes crashing down. How do you handle in life when all of a sudden you get a phone call it's not what you expected. How do you handle it? We know. We've been there. You want to say, well, what did he do? He's in the wrong place, wrong times, wrong people. Plain and simple. And life changes. Life changes. Been there. Done that. Lived it. Still living it. But I know this, that I had no idea when we were pastoring a church, our churches we pastored, that we'd ever do what we do now. No idea. But it was God directing and God leading all along the way. Now, CJ, I'm going to tell you, okay, I pastor great churches. Our first church we ever pastored was in a town of 60 people. And 36 of those people went to our church. And our oldest son was born. Our firstborn was born on Saturday. He, wasn't, he had all kinds of problems. Saturday night about 9 o'clock, 9.15, he was born. A little while later on Nurse came running through the hallway saying, you have a son, your wife's okay. Later on, you know, no word or nothing at all. Later on, all of a sudden here I get, uh, one comes in and says, can you come with us? And they take me back into a room. And this is now about 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the morning. Take me in a room and says, the intern's a little tired. Uh, can you help push this bag and get air into your son's lungs? Because he wasn't breathing like he was supposed to. They take him to a natal natal care unit. Doctor there told me to pre just prepare. Your son's not going to make it. My wife had emergency surgery. She's 200 miles away. How are you going to handle it? What are you going to do? And I can remember sitting there beside my son, touching his little hand, 
And all I was singing was a song I learned way back when. It says, God is so good. The tears coming down my face. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. In the midst of my tears, I praise the Lord. I want you to know, it's tough doing that. Because everything inside you says, I, I want to get angry. I want to get mad. What's going on? The baby beside him two hours we got after we got there died. Another one just across. I mean, it's just these little incubators with these babies in them. The one over here dies, and you got, you're dealing with all the parents coming in and all that stuff. And, well, God, what's happening? You know, back then we didn't have cell phones or anything else. Cheryl's in a hospital 200 miles away. And our first Sunday back at our church, we pastored CJ in the middle of my sermon. Now, we weren't able to be there at church. So because I wasn't at church, they didn't pay me my salary. Okay, it was $55 a week. And, and CJ, I'm preaching away. And a lady stands up in church, calls Cheryl by name, and says, Cheryl, I hope your baby dies. What do you do? Talk about blowing the wind out of your sails. But my God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Today, I don't dare tangle with that son. He'll tear me apart. He's a lot taller than I am. But don't anybody mess with mom or daddy. He'll tear you apart. Okay? And I don't mean that in a bad way, folks. Okay? But we have watched God take us from this place to this place and this place. And as we grow as believers, we go from this level to this level to this level to this level to this level. As long as we want to keep growing with God. And the churches. By the way, our last church went from three people to 500. And I sat there at times and I wondered, God, can I do it? And God's answer was, no, you can't. But I, through you, can do it if you let me. See, that's the key. Your eyes have not seen all the things God has prepared for you. You are alive and on this earth and here today to hear that word. And God has you where he has you to prepare you for where he's going to take you to. And where he's going to take you to, he's going to prepare you for where he's going to take you to next. And God has all of that in the control. Even though at times we think everything is out of control. Ever had those days when you or weeks or months we thought everything is out of control? Is it ever going to? God, what in the world are you going to do? Is it ever going to end? And he says to you, I have it all under control. You have no idea all the things I've prepared for you. Some of you can dream the wildest dreams. When you were working at Walmart, buddy, you had no idea you'd be staining floors in a building over here. And you had no idea you'd meet me. Otherwise, you might not have a pastor to the church. 
But there are times in our lives we come to places of altars. And we say, God, here's my place. Here's my place. Here's my place. Here's my place. And there are times you can go back in your life, if you walked with God for any length of time, you can go back to those points in those places and say, that's where God talked to me. That's where God delivered me. Here in the Word is where God showed me to get through this situation, to get through that situation. And if we listen, He takes us through it. It might be a song that He puts inside of us. Those that are musicians, that normally it's a song that just seems to grip you, and as you're going through it, you're singing that song. And as I've been going through things over the last few years, there's, a, there's songs that just keep coming to my mind, and I'll sing them because it, the words in it, it gets me through. It gets me through. Your eyes haven't seen. Your ears haven't heard. Your heart and your mind cannot conceive all the things God has prepared for you because you love him. And the reason you love him is because he died on Calvary's cross to set you free. I don't know what your backgrounds are. I don't know what kind of family life you came from. You know, it really doesn't matter at this point. What matters is that God's brought you to here to take you someplace else. But if you would have stayed where you were at, God couldn't take you to where you need to be because God had to bring you here to take you to there. God had to take you as a church from a place from here to take you there. God knew all about it before it ever happened. God brought you into this world and allowed you to be born for a specific purpose. I'm pastoring a church. I've been in four countries in the world. I was in Mexico, the United States, Canada, and Bermuda. The reason I was in Bermuda, I was, I was born there. Got any idea why I was born in Bermuda? That's where my mom was. <laughs> and amazing how that happened. I've been in four countries of the world. I'm pastoring a church in California. You know, those liberals out there in California, you know, one's going to drop off the face of the earth. And, and, and God started moving and people getting saved and filled the Holy Spirit. And, and I mean, it's, everything's going great, going great. And God starts moving and God starts moving. You know what? When we all get together and we corporately say, I'm going to be part of this. Can you imagine what's going to happen? Do you know come Christmas time in your new building, do you know you're going to have to be looking for a seat? You're going to have to be looking for a seat come Christmas in your new building. Oh, I don't like crowds. I got news for you. You don't like crowds, you're not going to like heaven. 
because it's going to be a lot of people in heaven. Oh, I don't like all that, all that noise. I got news for you. All you're going to hear is worship around the throne of God because that's what the Word says. But don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. The future is bright. You say, but I don't have enough money for this, and I don't have enough money for that, and it seems like this is going on. Hey, how many of you just went through the last recession when everything in this world looked like it was all falling apart? People losing houses, this going on, that going on. I got news for you. God knew all about it, and God took you through it. He'll take you through it. No matter what comes, I've made a decision. I'm going to walk with him. Stand with me, please. I sense this morning in here that God has spoken to some of you about situations you're going through in your lives. Where you're at, where he wants to take you to. If you're one of those people, would you just raise your hand? Because I want to pray for you right where you're at. I see them going up all over. I see them. All over. Your eyes haven't seen. Your ears haven't heard. Your heart and your mind cannot conceive. All the things that God has prepared for you because you love Him. No matter how difficult it may be. No matter how good things are going now. Father, I pray for every person here. I pray that as the word has gone out this morning, it's your holy presence and you've spoken to them, that they can hold on, hold on to the anchor. They find in you. There are those here this morning, Father, may need to say, Jesus, just forgive me. I've looked at it all wrong. I've looked at everything wrong here. I've, I, I haven't seen it in your eyes and realize that you're preparing everything for me. Father, forgive where forgiveness is needed. give hope in the midst of the storms and give us joy in the midst of rejoicing and seeing progress being done as you're taking us from one level of glory to another level of glory to another level of glory in Jesus name Amen